This week on the podcast, a little nonprofit news from nonprofitnewsfeed.com. And it is for the week of September 13th. We have Nick Azoulay here. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, George, it's going good. How are you? Doing all right. Looking forward to the news we have. So let's jump into the summary pieces. Sure, I can start us off. Our first story is about nonprofits honoring the anniversary of 9-11 with a day of service. So, of course, this past weekend was the 20th anniversary of the events of September 11th, and nonprofits across the country have made the otherwise solemn day one not only of remembrance, but one of giving back to communities. In particular, the nonprofit 9-11 Day, started by two friends, one of whom who lost a brother in the attacks, uh, seek to encourage positive acts of kindness throughout the country every September. Um, the quote here is that the whole idea of it is to ensure that each of us, um, each one of us, every 9-11, take time to think about all that we have in common and that we're not as divided as we think we are. And the executive director for the organization says that September 11th is actually the nation's largest day of service, which I didn't realize. Um, And that last year, about 29 million people took part in some act of service or charitable engagement. And I love this story because, George, you and I are both from the New York area. And the one thing that we all know about 9-11, we all have our our own stories, um, but People came together in really remarkable ways, not only just in the city, but across the country. So it's really cool to see a nonprofit continuing that legacy of togetherness and community and taking care of one another and um, really making something meaningful out of it. Yeah, 20 years, you begin to realize there are, you know, people that are entering into the work world. 20-year-olds, right? Think about that for a second. 19, 20-year-olds that only know this as a a chapter in history. And as it grows farther away, you'll hopefully have this as a a day of action, as a a day of volunteering, and that'll that'll, uh, persist. You know, we have the first 9-11 with the U.S. officially having withdrawn from our forever war. And I think that'll also add to the hopefully new traditions that form around this day. And uh, I, I know, I know David Payne. Hey, David, if you're listening uh, and I, I love his persistent, consistent work to push this, uh, this day of action, which is exactly, I think the right action for remembering this day as we move forward into the next generation and the next 10, 20 years uh, that will certainly remember uh, the events of 9-11. Absolutely. Well said. I'm going to pivot now into a different story within our summary. And this is one that I think, George, you and I are a little excited to to talk about. Maybe not for the right reasons, though. But CBS has launched a reality TV show called The Activist. Um, This has (laughs) gotten a lot of press over the past couple of days. But the premise of this reality show is that... um, The show will feature activists who use social media to advocate for a cause. And then the success of these on-air activists or personalities will be measured using things like online engagement and social metrics. And those who win, I think, 
um, will get a chance to petition their cause at the G20 in front of world leaders. And while some say the show is one for an era defined by social media and digital activism, others criticize the show's focus on social media attention in favor of activists making on the ground change. Um, George, I'll let you start with the hot takes on this one. I think the amount of hot takes and let's just call it uh, hate takes uh, are already begun on Twitter. And, you know, it, it's tough because here, here's two sides of my mind. In one, I am a big fan anytime we can bring more attention and awareness to social engagement and action and hold up as celebrity, the people that are activists. The other side of my brain realizes that the order of that sentence matters quite a bit, holding up activists as celebrity, not holding up celebrity as activists is an important twist. There's a, a quote attributed to um, uh, Houdini saying, when you go and do a good deed, you do not bring a brass band. I think there's a sort of like inherent, the way humans treat each other and interact and sort of have this sort of violation of rights and what frustrates us. There's certain just third rails. For example, when we see something that is unfair or unjust, we're like, that's just not fair. That person got, you know, two bananas and that person got one banana. Like this is just unequal and I'm angry. It just like, it triggers us in the same way that I think when we look at altruistic acts, things done for the public benefit, public good, and betterment of us all, when we suddenly attach maybe a monetary value for that, it's a little bit triggering. When we suddenly attach and pair in competition, it is, it's kind of like mixing hot oil and water. It immediately re like rejects, it rejects the host. It refuses to hang out. And I think the folks in the room have mixed hot oil and water. And I think we're going to watch what happens because they're combining celebrity, they're combining uh, competition, and they're combining like social impact. And then you can attack on any one of those verticals. But I think when I peel it back and I like felt this is like, I think they've just bumped up against an inherent third rail of human nature. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I agree. I'm interested in the logistics of this show. Like, are they going to have people like someone invited uh, advocating for environmental activism up against someone uh, advocating for like racial injustice versus like, you know, health access and they're competing and one will win over others. And then I just, I guess we'll see. We shall see. Um, something to keep an eye on. This is, listen, this is making waves. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners may have already been familiar, but we'll, we'll track this, this story. I'm curious. I will watch it and I will let everyone know my thoughts. Yeah, I'm already starting to, to see the hashtag cancel the activist <laughs> start to trend. Uh, I don't want it to cancel. I kind of want to see, it's kind of like, you know, if we're going to see a train wreck, let's see what the whole thing looks like and 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 kind of learn from it. Yeah, so if you want to laugh, go and uh, take a look through. 
this week's sponsor, none other than Whole Whale, a digital agency helping social impact organizations build traffic and measure impact. However, they also have an amazing new tool, the Inclusivity Crawler, the inclusivity tool that helps you find language that may be offensive to some of your stakeholders and shareholders. It looks through issues of ethnicity, race, gender, health, wealth, religion, and a number of other isms, frankly, that maybe you didn't have in mind when you wrote that content last year, last two years, a decade ago. The inclusivity tool will go through a page or even your entire website if you need it and help you find language and replace that language with the kinds of words that will be welcoming. Inclusivitytool.com. Again, that's inclusivitytool.com. And now back to our show. Absolutely. All right. Shall we move down to our headlines? Let's do it. All right. Our first story is out of Texas, where a nonprofit says that women are um, now looking into online information about abortion pills after the state has banned the procedure um, in the beginning of September. So if we remember, um, because of kind of complicated legal proceedings, the Supreme Court ruled that a Texas law essentially banning abortion, I think it's after six weeks, often before many women know they're pregnant, um, has gone into effect. And a uh, a nonprofit that supports abortion rights called Plan C has launched a guide on its website that women can use to read about abortion pills and care providers, and they're seeing a surge in traffic. And this is almost like exactly what everyone fears is that, you know, legislating away abortion does not make abortion go away. It forces it into a more stigmatized stigmatized, less healthy, more confusing, um, you know, access for health. And uh, we're, we're seeing this play out in real time. And, and my, my fear is that this uh, particular legal strategy of Texas makes its way across the country. Um, and now there's Supreme Court precedent that would allow that to potentially happen. So something we're going to have to track very closely. Yeah, there's so much to unpack here, but I think looking at how nonprofits are needing to pivot because, frankly, they are on the front lines of uh, very serious and very complicated legal implications for any manner of aiding and helping that uh, is going to play out. And they certainly need uh, certainly support and in any way you want to define that uh, to, to, to navigate a very, very backward law that is going to impact many people who just um, who don't deserve it. Absolutely. And we know that laws like this disproportionately affect um, marginalized communities to begin with. So all sorts of social justice and uh, public health access questions here. Our next story also staying on the topic of health access is about a nonprofit that's giving out $100 for every shot that it gives. Um, this comes from the Pasadena Weekly, and it's about um, a senior care company that will 
give $100 to everyone who gets a shot. And I think that this take is really interesting because I think in particular bubbles, we really stigmatize people who, um, who haven't gotten the shot. And I think that's, that's a very complicated discussion. But at the end of the day, the goal should be to get people life-saving medication. And whether that requires a little bit of a nudge, so be it. Um, so just kind of a cool, innovative way here um, that this, this organization is helping particularly marginalized folks in their community to get the shot. And even if, if what it takes is a nudge, that's still giving um, health access and uh, life-saving medicine to people who need it. So really innovative work. Yeah, the nuance here, it's kind of interesting when we pick the story out. It's not just sort of like writing a check. It's a, a donation to this community that is now incentivized to, to get a vaccine because it'll go toward uh, how that nonprofit community that, that supports the elderly in that area uh, operates. So it'll lower their dues. It'll help uh, support them. So there's like a direct incentive, like a per head incentive for the community-based organization, for that local group to actually go out there and run the drive. And uh, it just you know, enters in a bit of that revenue incentive, which by the way, uh, you know, show me the behavior, I'll show the incentive. Uh, this is an interesting experiment here. Absolutely. Moving along, we have a, another story about United Way. United Way Worldwide has announced that um, Angela Williams will become the next chief executive of the organization, becoming the first female and the first African-American to lead the organization, which comprises almost 1,200 affiliates in the United States and around the globe. And this is reported out by the nonprofit Times. Um, sometimes we report on these you know, personnel change and hiring uh, news for, for large organizations, but this is really notable. Yeah, it's huge. Um, the previous uh, previous CEO uh, Brian Gallagher stepped down after forty years, so it's you know that's quite a quite a period of time uh, to be in the driver's seat and to be taking over. Her background coming from uh, administration officer, chief administration officer at YMCA, uh, and eleven years as vice president and general counsel there uh, as well. And so certainly a, an impressive track record and wishing her the best, but a, a great milestone for the United Way, which um, certainly could use some new direction, I guess. Great. I can finish us off with a feel-good story. Um, this is from Florida, and it's about um, rapper Lil Nas X is raising funds for Central Florida um, for an LGBTQ organization called um, Rose and Combo, which seeks to help bridge the gap and promote health equity to Black LGBTQ plus folks in Central Florida. And this is really awesome. Lil Nas X is one of the highest profile out um, rappers, and um, he's calling on folks to, to uh, donate in anticipation of the release of his new album to this nonprofit. And if we want to talk about, you know, change and using celebrity for change, here's 
here's someone doing it right. They're using their celebrity and they're, they're directing people to an organization that is making on the ground difference in communities. And I think this is really awesome. And coming off of a, a real epic um, costume change performance at the Met Gala last night, we had to throw this in here. Yeah, I think you went through three costumes. <laughs> it was like reminiscent of, of Lady Gaga and I'm totally here for that. Yeah, and it's uh, it's truly in line, you know, his, his quote in here, noting that he didn't have anybody when he first came out um, to put him on the right path uh, to help him uh, in this direction. So he certainly is sort of looking back to what he could have used as a youth and uh, putting his celebrity to work, which is excellent. All right, Nick, thanks for the summary. Super helpful. As always, you can get these links for free every week at nonprofitnewsfeed.com. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 